Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Well, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Um, Thank you very much indeed, especially for your company, if you've been with us all the way. Uh, Of course, we launched back in uh, March 2016 and, um, yeah, quite a busy year 2016 and I joined the breakfast show uh, three years ago uh, today um, much very much simpler happier times three years ago today um, but uh, I'm delighted to say that uh, my next guest is someone who's been joining us throughout all that time and that's uh, the comedian Dave Chawner good morning to you Good morning and good happy uh, work anniversary. <laughs> work work anniversary. Wow, that's uh, that's a new one on me. Please don't get that into the dictionary. <laughs> Every year they say, "Oh, new words that got into the dictionary." It's like, no, no, we don't want that. We don't want that. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, there we are. We uh, the, that, that's uh, that's the, that's the big new one of the day. Um, well, I mean, I'm trying to think what we were talking about uh, all, all those years ago. But I mean, I've got. I'm looking at the the running order. We have the show Scottish Government Publishing Analysis of of Brexit talks. And uh, and guess this, guess what? Around seven o'clock, we were discussing whether or not Sturgeon is going to decide by the end of the year whether to call a second independence referendum. That sounds very <laughs> familiar, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, the UKIP leader uh, leader at the time, Henry Bolton's former girlfriend, uh, accused of racism. Uh, I mean, it, it was all it's all terribly familiar, isn't it? Uh, and uh, yeah, um, Tories need to be bolder on social media was a, one of the conversations. Um, it's uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't seem to have changed quite so much at all. Um, criticism of Ryanair for hand luggage problems, charging five pounds for hand luggage. I mean, <laughs> God, wouldn't you go back to the days when we were moaning about Ryanair charging extra for hand luggage? I dream of such days. <laughs> They say that you only ever appreciate things once they've gone. And I, I really do appreciate that. That was just fun rather than, you know, so, so, so tragic. Absolutely. Oh, happier, simpler, happier times. Well, let's talk about um, you know where we are this week. And uh, look, there's no doubt at all we have seen that uh, increase in infections as a result of the new variant uh, over the Christmas period across the country. Uh, we are still obviously uh, seeing people, more people going into hospital. We are seeing more people in ICU. Part of that, I mean, there is a strange thing where there is an element of success here, where the more and more people are, are surviving, they're staying on in ICU, mm-hmm. people are not dying. The rate of, of, of deaths in ICU has absolutely plummeted over the last year, which is certainly a very good thing. But um, there, there, is, um, there is some good news in terms of the Public Health England new figures showing that the R rate is now below one. Uh, in, 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 and uh, as low as 0.6 in many areas. This, of course, uh, ties in with the Zobi app, which has tracked ONS data. Zobi app, of course, is symptoms. ONS data is, is actually they go and test people, uh, but 
but they're showing that new cases now below one across the whole of the UK. They their their app has very much predicted the fall in in hospital admissions, which of course would have happened as a result of infections that happened in December. Days, at least days before uh, the lockdown came in. And one of my arguments has always been we don't need the lockdown. I personally have the view that, as you'll know, my regular listeners know that, that, that people make, make, would make voluntary changes to their lives to keep themselves and their loved ones safe without devastating uh, the economy and, and, and people's livelihoods. Um, but there is there is there's a lot of bad news, a lot of good news. Are you finding it? I mean, you're like me. You're not you know, we're not experts. We don't pretend to be statisticians or, or epidemiologists. We never have made those claims. But do, do you find and we were discussing it a bit last week when you were on that, that it's it's really difficult to 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 make head nor tail of of of, of the, 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 the information that comes out that looks positive and the information that comes out that looks really negative? Oh, completely. And I think we're in a really weird point at the moment because, you know, hope can easily lead to complacency, which can lead us back to square one. But also without this hope, that can lead to despair, which means that people won't comply. So I feel that this is a really tricky period to be in. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. No doubt at all about that. Um, really worrying news in terms of care home outbreaks. Cases have trebled in a month. I say we... Um... We got our my elderly relative, my elderly aunt, out of her care home. And there were lots of different reasons why we were paying to that anyway. But it was sort of like, oh, it's, she's safer in than out. She'll get a, a, a jab quicker in than out. And then realised, you know, a case there were six cases there. And that's a care home that has done brilliantly. They really, really have been absolutely superb. Really, really couldn't fault them over the years. But is it, is it impossible to keep this variant uh, uh, or, or indeed any... any, any uh, COVID out of care homes forever is 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 that part of the issue but there's a lot of fear that so many of the same mistakes are being made again we, we've seen the NHS guidelines that be the draft guidelines that were seen by the Telegraph yesterday saying that you know they were planning to uh, put you know elderly relative re- residents uh, you know back into care homes even if they hadn't had a test that showed they were negative within 48 hours I mean you, you sort of <laughs> you just despair that, that that people could be such a you know uh, such a risk to other residents would be put into care homes. Yeah, I, I don't know what you say to that because, like, as you say, I'm not an expert, but even I wouldn't do that. And and when we're getting to a level of things that I wouldn't do, then <laughs> yeah. you realise. There's a real problem. Yeah, I mean, of course, we know, of course, you know, care workers, of course, you know, they're out in the community, they're travelling on public transport, they've, they, they've got children, um, they're, they're living, you know, similar lives. They're not in lock, you know, well, not locked down any more than anyone else, but they're not they're not uh, able to uh, shield any more than anyone else. And, and therefore, is there an element where you can't protect uh, care homes, I wonder, other than just constant, constant daily testing to try and uh, minimise the risk. Um, let's talk vaccinations, though. Um, some really, really, really good news in terms of vaccine rollout, uh, uh, but it shows that the Midlands has been leading the way in the number of jabs administered. London, interestingly, had the lowest vaccination rate. Given that London has had the highest uh, rates of uh, of infection in recent weeks, um, I think it's understandable that the the London Mayor Sadiq Khan uh, said he is hugely concerned that the capital is not getting its fair share of doses. I have to say, I, I, normally these stories are about London getting more than its fair share. What do you make <laughs> of that? Yeah, there is an odd sort of civil war that's setting up here. And I, to be honest, when I first read that, I I heard the Midlands were doing really well and I felt a source of pride, which is very (laughs) odd. I've done nothing towards that. But I also wonder, and you will know this better than me, a question I did want to ask is, because it's done on a percentage basis, surely places with a denser population are obviously going to have a higher number of people. So there is going to be indiscrepancies. Yeah, but then I would have thought it was... uh 
harder to roll out to say more rural areas um, and, and, mm. and you know having a load of people who can very easily get to a vaccination centre and a hospital because because so many people live so closely that that might help but it's an incredibly big discrepancy the south west we've seen a 5.2 percent uh, of coverage of, of, of the the groups that need to be covered um, in 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 London just 2.9 percent you know that's a really big difference uh, when you when you're looking at getting the most vulnerable over 80s vaccinated I mean some areas I mean I know I, I know people in the southwest who've been offered the vaccine in their 70s uh, a relative of mine in their late 70s has been off the vaccine today uh, and that they've got their appointment today um, and, and it, 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 there does seem to be such variation but we, we saw early in the week didn't we that GPs some GP surgery said well we've been told we're not going to get any more vaccines for a while because we've used it all all them up we've, we've vaccinated people so quickly there are going to be people who, who vac- you know, organizations and GP surgeries and hospitals who just knock it out of the park and they're going to be slow ones but I sort of feel like don't penalize the people who are doing it really efficiently because you're still <laughs> saving lives and, and I'm, we just want to save the most number of lives don't we rather than we want to save an equal number of lives in the Midlands and uh, and South London <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There does seem to be a lot of backward thinking on this. And as you were talking about, there's a real thing here with the the sort of rural areas. The weather is also going to play its part. And with snow in the north of England and Scotland, that's going to be a huge challenge. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly is. Um, What what do you make also of the the fallout, again, inevitably, of people say it's a fallout of COVID. This is a result of COVID, but it's not a result of COVID. This is a result of of COVID policy. This is as a result of uh, the NHS uh, decisions that they make, is that we've now got a record 4.4 million people waiting for surgery. This isn't waiting for some minor dreams. This is waiting for surgery in this country. Uh, Huge numbers of people, more than 100,000 people, waiting for um, surgery more than a year. Uh, Bearing in mind, a lot of these people are very debilitated by by their their illness or their their, their problem, um, living in pain often. Um, deteriorating often. Um, that that that. I mean, the waiting lists have just gone off the scale. Basically, uh, what do you make of that? Well, I think that it, it shows this domino effect that COVID is going to have. And I think that this paves the way for, unfortunately, more grim news. And I don't know if I can face that at the moment, because after waiting times, that's also going to be, you know, A&E waiting times, strain yep. on the NHS, strain on taxpayers as well, because looking at the larger economy. So unfortunately, I'd say it, it's a sign of the times and sign of things to come. Yeah, indeed. And look, the argument has often been, well, if you don't get on top of COVID, you don't deal with that, then hospitals won't be able to treat anyone. They'll be overwhelmed and not treat anyone. But I mean, you know, orthopedic surgeons aren't, aren't you know, aren't, aren't needed to deal with COVID patients as a general rule. Um, they, they've mm. got their own job to do. And we know over the summer, the NHS the chief execs, it seems really had to sort of, you know, actually, you know, really put his foot down on on NHS services to ramp back up. And they never got back above, I think, 75% or what, either 70 or 75% of services they'd previously been at. And of course, that was that was still not obviously even dealing with the massive backlog that they already had. And we know how many people haven't even come forward. We know, I mean, there's no doubt at all that there are people, we know, we know from SAGE reports, we know from the death toll in the first lockdown, that uh, a large amount of the people who died during the lockdown period didn't die of COVID. It's not 
not that they weren't tested. They died from having had a heart attack. They had minor symptoms. They didn't go to the doctor. I, I, I hear from people all the time saying, well, yeah, but I don't want to bother the surgery. You pay for the health service. It's there for you. Your your ailment, your health concern, you, your risk is just as important as someone with COVID. It's just as important. And of course, invariably, actually, it is it is someone much younger, much healthier, with many more valuable lives, to, uh, years of life to live. Um, and and I, do, I do worry that we have focused so so much on one particular disease and and really forgotten about everyone else even allowing for having to socially distance and and I, i'm sure it is more difficult and effectively you know and, and it's very difficult for particularly older hospitals built in the victorian era to try and you know manage these things that their hospitals aren't designed uh, for, for having sort of effectively two different you know hospitals one covid plus one covid negative but I, I've got to be honest, I, I really think that this has been an abject failure and that the fallout from this, as you say, the domino effect from this is going to be something people are going to be living with or dying with for decades to come. Oh, yeah, well, that's the thing. And I think that actually we're going to look back at this period of time. And I wish I knew what the sort of future lessons were that we could learn right now, because yeah. we're not learning from the past ones. No, we, we, we don't appear to be, do we? We don't appear to be. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.